When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friends all. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. Are you smart? Very. Who is always trying to steal from Dora? That monkey. That. <laughs> He's in disguise. He's in disguise. Good job, Miss Kim. That monkey. That monkey. That Shake monkey. that monkey. Shake that monkey. Now, <laughs> I'm sure everyone recognized one of those voices because of the insanely popular um, TikTok series, uh, Are You Smarter Than a Preschooler, presented by Laron Hines. Now, his Instagram account is Laron, L-A-R-O-N, Heinz, H-I-N-E-S, official. And that's where you can go to find all of his videos with these fantastic and hilarious preschoolers that he asks the most random questions and they give him the most random of answers, right? <laughs> but in this case, he sort of flipped the script, you know, a little flip script, script flip. And what he did was he asked the teachers at the school questions that the preschoolers may have known the answers to, but the average adult would not. So he asked homegirl, who I just immediately identified with because she had freeze curls. I don't know if y'all remember what freeze curls <laughs> yes. are. There's like them short haircuts with like the curls that you stack. Uh, like yes, in, rows, in the back. You know mm-hmm. and, it, and it'd be stiff, yeah. So <laughs> she had that, you know what I'm saying? So immediately I felt a sense of comfort. Okay? <laughs> I said, what's your name? Shy girl, you the comforter? But anyway, so... He asked her, who always trying to steal from Dora? Now, immediately, I knew it was Swiper the goddamn Fox, because they just low down stealing some of them the bitch. I love that you okay. know that. And, yeah, I know that. You know, D-D-Dora, D-D-Dora, okay? D-D-D-Dora. Okay, I used to love, I love Dora the Explorer because of the theme song. Vamanos. cooks in me. Right. Grab your backpack. Let's go. Have you ever seen Adult Dora on YouTube? It is the most craziest thing, but it is super relatable. It's it is grown ass Dora having some real ass issues. Shout out to XD. (laughs) XD showed me this, and I kid you not, it is because like one time she's uh, her her uh, oh goddamn, it's just so crazy. Her fucking landlord was like, Dora, I need the rent today, and she was like, Oh, I don't have the rent. And then she gonna turn around and look dead at the camera and then say, have you ever lied to your landlord about rent? And he's like, Dora, I'm still standing here. And she's like, me too. And then at the end of the episode, it's always crazy and fucked up, but they always got Swiper in there. So I know the answer too. So. Wow. When he asked that lady, her answer was, 
she thought about it because you know them little kids at that damn daycare center kids you know they so damn worried so they will force you hold you hostage to watch a television program yes they will so, so you know they had her glued literally <laughs> to the goddamn uh screen watching Dora. so she was familiar with the camera the characters rather and what did she answer she said that monkey. Now she was talking to Boots. Now Boots is Dora's homeboy. You know what I'm saying? You see one, you see the other. Very much salt and pepper, city girls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boots and Dora. So she knew it was somebody always hopping around and indoors business and shit. So she pinned it on him. What I appreciated the most was that she was descriptive. She said, he in disguise. So she knew <laughs> that she probably had the wrong answer. She tried to qualify it. That's my takeaway. You know what I'm saying? No Double matter what down. you say to a person, yeah, you can say the craziest <laughs> shit, but if you stick to it and you put a put some put a layer up underneath that motherfucker, then just maybe you can be successful. <laughs> so hashtag that monkey. Welcome to the friend zone. Your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? Not me. How are you guys feeling today? It's been oh, a oh, long. Oh. Yeah. Hey, friend. How you doing? <laughs> he leaned back. I'm like, I get it. It's been a long ass. He was week. out. He was done. <laughs> Okay. So before we get started, Dustin Ross, you actually have this week's Mm -hmm. black business for us. I sure do. And it's for all you fashionistas and some of you fashionistas, too, depending on how big you like your earring. You see, (laughs) I had a a wonderful Twitter user named Gabrielle Truesdale. Now, I'm going to give you a handle just so that you can have that, too. It's I am Gabby True. You like how that rhyme Ooh. came through. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but she sent me a wonderful DM on Twitter and she shared the account, The New Bamboo. T H E N U. I love that girl's earrings. They're so fly. So dope. Well, Flies. there's your reason to buy them right there. Friends fly ass <laughs> like the earrings. <laughs> and she stamped them. So I would give me a pair Super too. Cute. I just would look stupid with mine. <laughs> yes. Like it's like a, it's a large hoop, handmade, hand braided. So many different dope ass colors, mm-hmm. um, and just a really, really artistic way to be on your fly girl shit and stay connected to your roots. You know what I'm saying? Been Ooh. featured in several high level fashion campaigns and music videos, um, magazine shoots. Kaylani is a huge fan. Many, many other celebrities. So shout out to the new Bamboo Black woman owned and operated business. Very successful placement in everywhere that you can lay your eyes possibly. So and on top of all of that. Friend like them. So the <laughs> website is the new bamboo.com, T H E N U B A M B O O.com, and that's your black business of the week this week. So you, dope. Friend. I see you, Sante, <laughs> click clacking, so I know you're looking them Yeah, up. you know, I'm just all up and through the Instagram looking at all the beautiful black people with on the bamboo hoops on. It's so amazing. Cute, right? it's I'm actually, I love it. I, I'm going to have to get a pair while we're recording because I know they're about to be sold out. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, some it's some good stuff on there. Yeah, and honestly, she's usually sold out. Like her stuff flies. Like when she posts that link, you better run. It's like the the sneakers app <laughs> for earrings. Good for oh. her. Hell yeah, her. we love that. So on last week's episode titled "Munching and Hunching," you can guess <laughs> who came up with that one. It was a shoot the shit episode. No hot button. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> No segment, okay. just whatever came up. And as always, those of you whatever listening, whatever came up, <laughs> those of you listening See? and 
those of you watching, ha ha ha, had a Come lot to say. <laughs> Shout out to patreon.com slash the friend zone podcast. Shameless plug forever. Asante, who stood out to you? I was in the SoundCloud streets and I actually have a couple of comments that I chose. I want to give a quick shout out to Aspen Evans. You know, she's an LA photographer. I love from Aspen. Atlanta. She is the shiz naive, but uh, she always comments. And so her comment this week was, this she was me. comes off a little cold. <laughs> Stop. Aspen. <laughs> well, well, what you didn't. Aspen. You know what? I'm so mad. It's I'm the way pissed. he took himself out. I'm, I just. Anyway, Aspen says, this was me when I did ship delivery for Target. I would always, I was always, I, excuse me, I would always ask customers about replacements and the women customers were so grateful. The men did not care about substituting anything. <laughs> well, Aspen, I am one of the men that do care and I continue to care. I don't know if you still have shipped because you did say that you did do the ship delivery. But anyway, for all of those out there doing the deliveries, I care. Thank you for your service because it is much appreciative yes, when I is. have something that's not about to expire in two days. <laughs> or when you call me and you say, hey, I know you chose this, but, you know, this is a better brand or they have a deal going yes. on. Like that's that Care extra touch. Me. I know not everybody has it, but there's just something about it. I just it's much appreciated over here. Not all men appreciate, but these men over here do at the friend zone. So thank you, Aspen, for your comment. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to Deandra J. Francis. She says, I completely get what Asante says about BK. Born and raised here, and I love it. I like Harlem, but the energy is different. The people, I can't live there. Nothing wrong with either. It's all about where you vibe. Because I was saying there ain't nothing wrong Ooh. with Brooklyn, but it's all about where you vibe. So I just don't be vibing with Brooklyn all the time. It's not nothing I wrong with it. It's just my vibe <laughs> is up in Harlem. So thank you for that, DeAndre J. Francis. Friend, what did you find out there in them streets? And Brooklyn is fun for, like, visiting and doing hood shit with Trips, your friends. Missions. <laughs> like we did last night. We finally saw each other, by the way, last night after over <sighs> a year, which was Literally so amazing. We hugged each other forever. What a reunion. Right? And it was all of us. Crystal, right. Jade, Fury, um, our yep. friend Gordy, the three of us, yep. uh, Tristan, uh, Jade's husband. So we yep. had so much fun and just chilled out in so Brooklyn, a very random New York. On 420. Right, on 420, yes. very random New York, Brooklyn night. So that made my day. I just, I miss y'all and I love y'all. Underneath a magnolia tree, literally. Underneath yeah. a magnolia tree. Literally, underneath under a magnolia tree. tree. What a night. That it was a very light. random night. Yeah. Vibes. <laughs> Yes. But yeah. I stepped into the Twitter streets where Raven yeah, said, so glad the universe had me listen to the friend zone pod episode about birthdays when I did. I wanted to go to Costa Rica for the last two years and never did because of work. But I just booked a two week vacation for my birthday next year because it's time I celebrate me. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I had shared that for my 30th birthday, I went to Costa Rica by myself and had the time of my life. Ended up making tons mm. of new friends because I was by myself. I was on nobody's schedule. I could go where I want to do what I want to sleep in, wake up early, eat. It's a freedom that you have with traveling by yourself that you don't get to exercise when you're in a group setting and people have schedules and shit that they want to do. So Costa Rica's lit. You have so much awesome terrain to visit. You have jungle, you have beach, you have mountain, you have, I mean, endless. So the two weeks are going to be awesome. I'm happy that you did that for yourself. Send us pictures because 
That's super Fran cute. Fran said, I got shooters Please. in Costa Rica. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Dustin, what you find in the Twitter streets? Because you know that's where I be at. <laughs> um, shout out to this tweet that literally brought me so much joy last week and so many other people as well. Um, there were a lot of tweets for me to choose from the, this week because I found, so for some reason, the Twitter streets was just off the hook. Hopping. It was jumping, jumping. <laughs> Ladies, leave your man at home. Okay? <laughs> but... I want to give a shout out to Cash. The Twitter handle is, and she's a beautiful young lady too. Her Twitter handle is uh, Strapped for Cash with a K, like Cash Dial. Shout out to UKD baby. <laughs> but anyway, Strapped for Cash, who tweeted, "Y'all, I am screaming. My little sister so different with four laughing crying emojis." And her little sister used some software to layer three vocal tracks and re-record When I See You by Fantasia. What? I'm going to play a clip because y'all got to hear this to believe it, and it is one of the funniest <laughs> things. Fran, I hope you do. Do your chair got a seatbelt, Fran? Because yeah. <laughs> oh, if your office chair got a seatbelt, you better buckle up. Because here we go, y'all. Here we go. Hey, hey. Oh, don't. Hey, hey. Don't get it. Don't get it. Ha, ha, It's in two parts, and God bless this Woo, little girl. She layered that. her, her oh, vocals there's on another software. Part. There's two, it's, the, it's the full song. And I don't know if you caught it, but at the very beginning of the clip, she said, you know how the uh, producer, Midi Mafia, his tag on the beats is Mafia. She even did that. Yes. twelve. The girl is 12 years old, y'all. And when I tell you, I just Bravo. I changed my life. So. Bravo. I changed my life. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bravo, <laughs> young lady. Shout out to her. The Ooh. future. The kids are all right. <laughs> hey, hey, the kids are all right. For real. Ooh, yes. Sexy boy. Sexy, sexy boy. <laughs> The way she was, the way she was laying the buckles. <laughs> Do you have a clue? Yes. <laughs> the ad lives. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So sexy boy, boy, sexy boy. Oh, the way she was singing that sexy shit. Boy. <laughs> He's so sexy boy, sexy, sexy boy, sexy boy. That's the way that little. That's the name of the episode. Sexy boy featuring. Why you sound like the damn avocados, nigga? No, but what's, so she do. what's killing me is Budgenista. Wait, what's killing me is Budgenista having to promote an episode called Sexy Boy. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We'll use a dollar sign for the S. We we'll use a dollar sign. <laughs> She is never going to come on this show again. Uh -uh, Ever. But you know what? Because it's worth it because she's so, she's so, so rich girl. So rich girl. (laughs) So much money girl. So much money girl. (laughs) You're so rich, budgety star. So rich, budgety star. It hurts. Please. Please. Yo, this is pulling out a laughter from like my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard that little girl? Please, please, you gotta stop. Oh my god, you have to play the whole clip too. Ty, you gotta play the whole entire. Oh my god, I know one minute of it either. Shout out to our engineer, Ty, our super producer, Ty. Oh my god. You gotta play the whole clip, man. Please. You know why, Todd? Because you're so talented, boy. <laughs> so good, engineer, boy. So good, engineer, boy. <laughs> you, I know he be hating us. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Now that was funny too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neither can she. No, no. Okay. No. Right. I am in real tears, right, and I don't. I'm. I'm not gonna cry. I'm, I'm not gonna cry no more. Don't you play it. No, don't. <laughs> Just gonna. He's a sexy boy. <laughs> Sexy boy, sexy boy. Oh, so funny, man. You know what? That was a great warm up. Because now that I have, now that you you know what? Now that you got me with that one, I pray that that's the, that that was the best one. And and I'm going to get you, you're not going to get me the rest of the time. (laughs) Because when I tell you, real nigga tears are coming down my face. Amory rolling down my face. Like, just, I can't (laughs) believe you did that to me. Jesus. Thank you. You know what? Because I just, I felt that way. So sexy, guys. That was great. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org.
picking up. So we're so rich. Here come our so rich friend, my so rich friend. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. <laughs> come on, friend. Go ahead, friend. So this week's episode, we are with the one, the only, and now an added title, New York Times bestseller hmm. Tiffany Aliche, also known as the Budgetista. Tiffany. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me back on. Honestly, it's so been excited. it's been so crazy. So I just found out today my um my book agent, um, she just uh texted me and she, she said bitch like she doesn't no. she, she does curse but she does. <laughs> Wait, not that time <laughs> shout out to heather with the potty mac um she's like girl you're on the list for the third week in a row boom so i just yeah boom it's just been i don't think people get like yo i mean y'all know i'm black right, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and i talk about money right so you know this world is largely the finance world is largely male and especially white male yeah and um, at first, I'm not going to lie, I didn't want to be on the cover of the book because I was really? like, Really? Oh, I see. They're not going to buy it. Right. Yeah. I you. you know, I was kind of nervous. Like, I knew my people would buy it. Right. But, you know, I was just like, I don't know, you know, because are they going to buy it? And so, thankfully, my um, publisher, Penguin Random House, was like, No, you tried it, sis. We want you on the cover. I love that. Um, Shout out to Penguin know, Random you know. House for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, and what I love is that the, the cover is truly black girl it magic. Is. My makeup you artist. Look yes. You look beautiful, powerful, Tiffany. <laughs> like a New York Times. Loki, I wish I had one to hang on my wall just like <laughs> that. Cause I mean, us. it's hey. amazing. Hey. I love it. <laughs> right. But no, like my makeup artist, um, Leela Nima, she's black. Um, uh, Tanetta Bell, the photographer, mm-hmm. she's oh, that's black. Awesome. My, um, my stylist, she Come was my black. My ecosystem. And, um, my, real, my hype woman, my, like, so she brought the vibes. Uh, my sister, Love Lisa, it. she was black. So it was just such a, like, such a, I felt really powerful. And so for the picture to come out, just like how I am, like, powerful but fun but like you got to get these get these funds together that's right, so, um, <laughs> that's right. yeah yes but i mean honestly it just feels crazy because it's like yo i don't think people realize a minute ago like less than 10 years ago you know well just about 10 years ago i was teaching preschool in newark new jersey and so and, and now, now like, dreams, right and not <laughs> only and not y'all. only did you end up on the new york times bestseller but wasn't it two different lists like the yes. business mm-hmm. and then the how what is and the how to so how does that mm-hmm. work when you end up on two lists? Does that make you a two times bestseller or it's just one? Like, how does that work? That makes you a bad man with <laughs> That's, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it doesn't. Right? It, it just means, you know what? It just really means, it's crazy because like less than a half a percent of books ever land on the New York Times less bestseller. Than so ha- less than a half. Less than half a percent. And y'all so know she know numbers. Books yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> on average, about 100,000 or so books come out a year. So less than 500 of those will ever see the list. So to make it on two. And then the how-to list is the hardest list to get on. It's literally called how-to miscellaneous. So that's where they throw the cookbooks, the joke mm. books, the extra, every so type of book. everyone has access. So to, 
Yes. Mm. So for me to get, and it's a shorter list. So for me, so I debuted at number four. Mm. Yes. So just think about like, you know, and then the business list. So you're fighting against all these like other business folks. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been surreal. It still has not hit in. Um, but what's, what's been better than anything else has been like the response from the audience that they're like, I finally have a guide to walk me Amen. through. I get it now. Tiffany, you made this so easy. You know, like it doesn't feel like, uh, it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like I know step by step what to do now. So that feels better than almost every, almost any other award. So. Can you walk How does us? all that TV Ooh. you've been doing feel? Sorry, No, no, no. I'm all so of sorry. us, we're so excited. Sorry, we're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You know I'm excited because you know I love all the news programs yes. and I love morning news. I watch them all and home girl. You might as well. What kind of lease, what kind of short term lease you didn't sign in the Today Studios, girl? Okay. I know. You know what's so crazy? So I so I debuted the book. That's the idea that you get to debut like your book like um on a, a, a morning show, but you know, that's not like high, like highly likely. You know, that's some some old Beyonce Barack Obama, right. but Tiffany I had, Virginista. Tiffany and <laughs> shit. Yeah, so, we, we know. <laughs> but, mm. So they but they had me on Good Morning America had me on twice that week, which is like unheard of. Mm. And then the Today Show the next week. And let me just tell you that you know, they're fierce competitors. They don't like for people to be on, you were on the other show. They're like, well, we'll see you in a year. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were being, they're able to be like, you know what, you know, we we love you so much so that we're willing for you to be on our competitor show just the week ahead or our competitor show the, just the next week. So it's just been, I don't know. It just feels, it doesn't feel real, mm-hmm. you know, because you work hard, but you know what I told my sister? And this is why she said, this is why it doesn't feel real because as a black person, as a person of color, you're used to putting in 10, you know, like 10 points of work and getting back seven. Hello. That's just life yes. for us. We know. Mm-hmm. So she was like, you, what you're feeling is you put in 10 and got back 10 and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> hold up. You know That's what I mean? Real. Like, cause it doesn't often happen That's like that. Real. Cause we always overwork just to get what everybody else has gotten mm-hmm. and to actually get in what I put out. It feels surreal and it ought not to, um, but it does. And it just feels like, and just to see like my whole team looks like me, uh-huh. you know, sisters. And just to be like, we never launched to some traditional published book before. And so to see Penguin looking at us like this whole all black brown girls crew, like how, what the hell y'all doing? <laughs> how, how are y'all making that possible? And it just feels so good because we are teaching the publishing industry that like, you know, you have overlooked, like, you know, I'm sure there's women in your office Listen. that are just as dope, but you've overlooked them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're teaching the, the finance industry <laughs> that like there are other faces in personal finance that need to be considered and heard and that we can sell. We've sold tens of thousands of copies of books already. And so like, and that there are women, especially women, especially black women who are wanting to read about personal finance and you're leaving them to the side and I'm scooping them up. So scoop, scoop, over scoop, scoop. And, and honestly seeing your face on the book, walking into the store and, and seeing that, you know, on the new book release tables, like that's just such a game changing feeling. But I want to tap yeah. more into the feeling you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. just knowing that this happened, putting in 10, getting 10. Can you tell us how it felt when you got the phone call or the email or whatever, <laughs> however they hit you that said you yeah. are on the New York <laughs> Times bestseller list? What did you do? I just always wonder that. 
So I was like, so because so what happens is every Wednesday is when you find out, right? So right now there are authors around the world, around the country that are getting their call to say yay or nay. Mm. So I knew Wednesday was the day we were going to find out. So it's the Wednesday after your book comes out. So I was definitely like, oh, what time is it? And you find that the book, the list comes out around five. Oh my so, you know, I'm looking. So I had already told, I know I had already told my publisher, my, um, my agent Heather, I said, look, cause I already planned it. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna record, I'm gonna record my reaction. So call me on my stepdaughter's phone, mm-hmm. all extra, right? And so like, cause I was like, I have my, so we're, we're waiting for the phone to ring. Meanwhile, because Alyssa is 14 going on 45 and TikTok's her life away, oh. she got 3% on her phone. Like, I don't, I don't got much um, power on this phone, <laughs> Tiffy. I was like, I told you earlier that we was going to, you know what? <laughs> you know? Cause these kids don't care about your life. I love, that. I love that. that. She's like, she was like, leave me some juice for my TikTok dance. <laughs> So it definitely brought me down to her. I was like, <laughs> so Heather called me, but the truth is, lo- y- y'all know Lovey. Of course, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right? So Lovey's old busting bubbles behind. So it comes, she texts me first so on WhatsApp. So right when I'm waiting for Heather to call me, I see on WhatsApp pop up, congratulations. Ah. And I knew, I said, Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> So I quickly swiped it away so I could try to be like, well, you don't know right, what right, that right. meant, even though I knew what that meant. So then Heather called me literally seconds after that. And she, but here's the thing. I knew I had made um, the, a, a list because Lovey said congratulations, but Heather's like, no, sis, you made two lists. Man. Yes. You also made number one on the Wall Street Journal and number four on a second Wall Street Journal list. You also made Apple. Amazon, the Indie List, Publishers Weekly, USA Today, every, basically every list that's out there you've made it. And I was just like, what? I can't, it felt like we were talking about like a friend of mine that we're so proud of, you know? You know, it doesn't feel like, and this is something, so I have um, a coach now, but she's also a therapist. So shout out to Dr. Green. And she said, you still do not see yourself as Tiffany as you Mm. are. I still see myself as like, you know, I'm preschool teacher Tiffany. She's like, no, that's the equivalent of saying, I'm middle school student Tiffany. You were in middle school. Right. That was a part of your life. But girl, you've graduated from there. And um, so I still have a really hard time absorbing, you know, what I've grown to now. So it still doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like my my twin sister. I'm like, yo, she's doing it. Damn, look at her go. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, every once in a while it soaks in, but it's like, no, Tiffany, you're a New York Times bestseller. Like, no one can take that from you. Ever. Like, Ever. You know? Ever. Yep. It's like being an Oscar Award nominee yes. or winner, yes. right? Like, they always say it. It could be from 20 it's years a ago. New like, title. Oh, yeah, Oscar Award winner. That's the yes. sickest part. Yes. Like, no one can say your name yes. without mentioning that. Without <laughs> saying. Congratulations, yeah. Tiffany. So, it just yeah. feels crazy. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> it happy feels for crazy. You. <laughs> You know, so yeah. How did you find out? Sorry, Tiffany. How did you find out about all of the lists? Because there's so many that you just like. I mean, and deservingly so. But like, gonna make sure she knows. Did they just make? But did they come to you with one list and say you made all these lists, or were you just getting calls all day like, boom, another one, boom, another one? (laughs) It was. It was. So Pango just kept emailing like, oh, you made this and you made this, and I would share with the team, and we'd all be like, what? So it just. Well, that felt so good because they all worked so hard mm. and it really felt like a group and a team win. Yeah. Mm. You know? Because, you know, you don't know how bad you are. You're just like, you know, because one, you're working with this huge conglomerate of a company and you're like, well, how could I know how to do something that they, they might not know how to do? But to see, because Michelle Obama said it best. I was I was in, um, 
I forget. I went to go see her when she did Becoming, her book tour. Mm-hmm. And she said um, that she has been in some of these major rooms and they're not smarter than you. Mm. You know, you think that like, oh, they're smarter, they're better. Mm-mm. Most of them are just like you, meaning that you belong in that room too. Amen. And I thought this was such a great lesson for my team to be like, the team at Penguin is amazing and so are you. Look what you've done. They're asking us questions Amen. about how we did some of our stuff. You know, and so, yeah, it just, honestly, it just feels like, mm, it just feels like black girl deliciousness over here. Like, <laughs> someone asked me my favorite, yes. my favorite part about being a black woman, and I said other black women, yep. because no one stands harder or goes harder for you than, than your, than than your, your girls. And so, yeah, so it just real. feels. So, how did mm-hmm. you get, yeah, so how thank did y'all. you get in bed with Penguin Random House? Like, how did that partnership come to be for you to even write this book in the first place? So I'll say this for anybody who's looking to, to write a book. So what happened was I had already written um, and self-published other books. Mm-hmm. So I, my first book was, um, this is for your, because I know y'all got video yeah. now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> your Patreon. <laughs> right? So my first book, The yes, Woman's Budget, I wrote this like, copies. I don't know, like two, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like tw- yeah, like 12 or 13 years ago. So the, this was self-published and I've got a whole bunch of Live Richer workbooks. Mm-hmm. So I wrote them all. And then I had my children's book last year. So what happened was, different publishers started to reach out to me to say, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing a traditionally published book? And um, I wasn't because, quite honestly, the coin is better when you own everything. Hello. You know? right. <laughs> um, and so I was like, no. But then something said I wanted I wanted my voice to reach a wider mm-hmm. audience, Yes. you know, bigger than what I was able to do for myself. So I started to formulate what I thought the book might be about. And um, I reached out to a friend of mine who had already written some traditionally published books. Her name is Jean. And I asked her, did she know an agent? And she said, yeah, my 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 agent, Heather, is dope. I went to the city. Heather lives in the city. And we met. And um, she was like, yeah, you seem dope. You know, like, what are your ideas? And I told her. And she said, well, put together a proposal. And I was like, sis, I don't know how to do that. Right. Um, so, she, right. <laughs> so she gave me, like, a template. It took me, like, four months to put together a proposal. Your proposal can be as short as, like, 10, 15 pages. It's just three parts. It's a little about you a little bit about like the book you're going to write and then a little bit about like how, like what's the market for your book? Like, you know, here's some other books that might be similar. Um, here's how big my audience is. Mm. Um, so they want to kind of like, like, like know a little bit of like what it's going to look like to market it. And so I wrote this proposal, Heather, um, edited it and then we sent it off. And so, um, nine uh, publishers came back interested. And so I've never done this before. So I was like, Mm-hmm. And I said, is that good? She said, Tiffany, four is good. <laughs> four is good. Wow. I was like, oh, snap. So she was like, girl, in my 30 years of doing this, I don't know that I've seen this. She said, but don't get excited because usually what happens, so what happens is after they express interest, they want to meet with you. Okay. So this is right before, this is like um, mm-hmm. like um, the December um, 2000, um, right before COVID oh, hit, shit. right? Okay. So 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so luckily I was able to meet because I didn't have to, it was like COVID had, was not right. a thing. So they were like, okay, they, you know, you have to come, you have to go into the city or wherever they are and sit across from them. They ask you questions. And so basically you got to razzle dazzle, uh-huh. you know, right, and right. if black people know how to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like Dustin, I put on the goddamn <laughs> charm. Come on, friend. Right? That's right. You know, That's right. You know <laughs> I know how to razzle dazzle now. <laughs> right? And so, so we meet and then the publishers are like, okay, so, you know, it went really well. Everybody just kept saying, Period. this is such a great proposal. Did you write this? And I'm like, well, who the fuck else would have right. Yes. Right. You know? And um, so that happened over and over. And then 
Heather was like, it's going so well. Um, and all nine came to the table. She's like, I've never seen that. Usually you meet them and then two, three, four, five, whoever will fall off. And then this, these are the people who are going to, who are going to bid on your book. Mm -hmm. But she said, all nine want to bid. Saw it. Mm -hmm. And they I was saw like, it. okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I asked one publisher in particular, I said, why is everybody like, so blown away. I thought I was getting that black person thing that when um you speak well, they're like, you're so articulate. For a black. That's what I thought they yeah. would, you uh -huh. know? I thought that's what was happening. And so I asked one publisher, why is everyone so excited? Or is this how you guys always are? And she said, no, Tiffany, that the book, your proposal had a clear voice, meaning now that I've met you, as I read the proposal, it sounds like you. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to um, translate get that. your voice. Yeah. Yes. Mm. You know? And she said, two, you're introducing a new idea, which my book was introducing something that I call financial wholeness. Mm -hmm. You know? And so she said, those two things are exciting because it's something new in an old field, but also, two, your voice is really unique and you're able to capture it. And I was just like, okay. So they all came to the table and almost all of them came to the end. So the way a round robin goes is like literally bidding that people say, you know, I want the book for 50,000 and ah. someone else says 60 and someone else says 70. And that at the end of the day, everyone has to get their numbers in. And then you let the, um, you let the last person know this was the highest bid from wow. today. So let's go again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it keeps going up and up and up. So <laughs> I, wow. my, my proposal, it got nearly seven figures. My, um, my book. Deal. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, shit. Yes, ma'am. You know, and um, it was just really exciting, and I chose um, I'm not so the right penguin. one, right? Yes. Well, it wasn't just because they offered the most, right. but it was because two. I chose Penguin because they were a really large publisher, the, the largest in the country, and really the right. world. And but also two, I love the fact that they were like Tiffany. They saw me as more than just an author. They said, "If you come here, we will help to raise the." the visibility of your brand overall, mm. which will sell more books. And so that's what pulled me in. I didn't want just someone that was going to push my books. I wanted someone that was going to push you, me yeah, and elevate right. me. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so I had about like five or six months to write the book mm. and I submitted it. And that's the easiest part. I'll say that, that like writing the book, it's hard, really hard, but it's the easiest part to write it. But marketing uh, a book when people don't buy books like they used to. Right. You know, it was really difficult, um, but yeah, that was that was the process, and even the process mm. of being considered for a New York Times bestseller. There, there are so many. Um, there's a process to that too. That I'm like, I can't wait to share with y'all because I think everybody should know. Mm. Well, I think it's a testament to your dynamic personality, which you referenced Period. in a joke yeah. a few minutes ago. But it's a real <laughs> thing, you know, the fact that you were able to get to execute, you know, this whole entire partnership with a house as large and as revered as Penguin mm -hmm. Random House, you know, and for them to be so eager to work with you, it's because of that, that sauce, you know what I'm saying? It's because that, that <laughs> you went in there and you put that shit on them, Tiffany, you know what I'm saying? And and no one else can do that. So I just, I just, you know, I have an immeasurable amount of just pride in what you're doing. Like, I Thank think it's you. so dope, Tiffany. And, and once Thank again, you. you got the damn money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So talk to us about Get Good With Money, 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. Here's a shameless plug that matches her picture <laughs> behind her. <laughs> Look at all of us. Hey. I love it, right? <laughs> Talk to us about it. Like, how did you decide? Because you are a wealth, a wealth of information. How on yes. earth do you sit down and pick a topic knowing as much as you do? 
So I, what I noticed is because I don't believe in just putting out something just to put out Real, something, right. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just know I have a Facebook group called Dreamcatchers Live Richer, um, and I I go in there every day and I just listen and observe to see what people are posting and asking mm. about. So what I would notice is that I would teach a credit class, and then for months people would be succeeding in their credit, but then I wouldn't hear anybody talking about saving or investing. Or I would teach a budgeting class, and for months people would talk about how they're budgeting, but they wouldn't talk about insurance or estate planning. Mm. And for those of y'all who know me, you know I used to be a teacher, like a school teacher for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. and it didn't sit right. It's almost like I got you with your letters, but you don't know your shapes. I got you with the shapes, but Mm. you don't know your colors. And I thought... Tiffany, there, there's a holistic component missing. Come on, here. holistic. You know? literally took the word out of <laughs> my mouth. I was going to say, it's a holistic <laughs> approach to finances. <laughs> no, sincerely. And it worried me because I felt like I was sending my audience, I like to call them my dream catchers, into the world um, not prepared. And it worried me. Mm. Um, and so I, got, I thought, well, what is missing? You know, should I be pushing them toward it? First, I thought, you know what? Maybe we'll work on financial freedom together. But even that is incomplete. So I'd reach financial freedom, and you know, like meaning that if I didn't want to work anymore, I had enough money, enough investments to generate enough money that I don't have to actually work. Amen. Right? And mm. so did y'all hear right? what the fuck she just? Did y'all <laughs> okay. hear that? Did y'all hear that? Damn, <laughs> Tiffany, go ahead. I'm catching girl. It all <laughs> the energy of that. <laughs> But it really wasn't enough, right? Because it seems like, oh, that's great, but I was still a whole ass mess. Mm. Because well, I not was right. Under- I don't mean you were. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just following along. That's all. I'm just following along. That's the truth. Amen. I'm just following along. <laughs> teach, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought to myself, Tiffany, you still don't have the financial advisor you said you wanted to get. You, you still don't have um, enough insurance. You're, you still don't have an estate plan. So here you are financially free, but there's still things missing. And that's when I came up with the concept. It's like, oh, you need to be financially whole, mm-hmm. you know, because I'll give you an example. Prince was financially free. Mm-hmm. He had enough money that he didn't have to work anymore. But when he passed, he he did not have an estate plan, you know, and as mm-hmm. a result, he was texting his friends. I don't know if you remember, they were saying like he was asking them, can you please make sure this money goes to this person? Mm-hmm. Can you please make sure this, that's not, that's not an estate plan. And so all of his, his full estate went to his sister. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, Prince used to give a lot of money to music programs. Mm. Now, you know, this is money they became, they came to um, depend upon. So if the estate doesn't say continue that, she doesn't have to continue to do so. So you can be financially free, but not financially whole. Mm. Financial wholeness, what the book is based upon is these 10 components that are working together to build your strong financial foundation. It is budgeting, it's saving, it's debt, it's credit, it's learning to earn. Those are the first five. Then it's investing for both wealth and retirement. It is your insurance, it is your net worth, it is financial professionals, and it's an estate plan. Those are the next five. Those 10 things kind of weave themselves together to create a strong foundation that the rest of your financial life can be built upon. So financial wholeness is basically your financial fundamentals. Mm. And anyone can be financially whole. Um, and it's actually more powerful to be financially whole than financially to be financially free. Mm. No, I just want to say, I think I, I told you this already on DM, but this is a book that... I wish, honestly, I didn't tell you this part, but I wish I would have got this book in like middle school or high school, like 
this ain't no, you know, I don't want to shout out no other titles, but like this book, like actually is comprehensive and it is actually things that you need to know. And it's not so much fluff because sometimes I feel like you get, um, you know, when you hear finance, you get a little intimidated. Everything that you've mapped out is so easy. It makes you say, okay, this doesn't feel like something I have to overcome. So, you know, in writing your book, you know, I don't know what the process was for you, but you said this was the, uh, this was the easier part, but in writing your book, how did you choose what you chose? Did you choose to make what you chose digestible or what you chose was just what you chose and people received it? You know, I was intentional, um, right? So Asante, thank you for that because it was really intentional. A couple of my teacher and educator friends reached out to me. They were like, girl, we could tell when a teacher write a book, boy, <laughs> right? Because it's student first. Mm. It's reader first. Mm. Even the way it's laid out, I went back and forth with Peng and be like, no, no, no. It has to be easy on the eye. Mm. It has to not feel visually intimidating. That was on purpose. So literally, I laid it out the way you lay out a lesson plan. It's called plan do review those are the three components and mm. how learners learn so i was like okay one you're going to get these 10 steps and each of the steps i'm going to break down how you're going to achieve these 10 steps to financial wholeness with plan do review in the beginning of every chapter i tell you here's the plan for this budgeting step you're going to learn how to create and automate a budget so the plan just lets you know this is what we're going to do today. In preschool, it would be like, today is letter A day. This is where we're going to talk about A all day. So kids are like, got it. They can, they can almost ready themselves for what they're about to receive. Adults need that too. Mm. Then the do part is the actual do this, do this, do this, do this. It's the how. And so in each of the do parts, I give you a little bit of homework to check for understanding. And I tell you exactly how to do it. I show you visually if you need a chart. Um, and I, I show you like a completed chart and give you a template. And so that's the do section. It's the longest section of each of each chapter. And then the review section, it's a literally, it's a mirror of the plan part. It's just, did we learn how to create this budget? Is it automated? Is it written? Do you have the right bank accounts? Great. Now it's time to move on. So each chapter navigates like that, but it is very intentional because I'm walking you through gently. I'm walking you through in a way that's doable and it gives you the autonomy to do the steps at your own pace. So yes, no, it was really intentional because what's the point of writing if, if not to, if not to connect to teach mm. for me is to transform. And I wanted every reader who was looking for transformation to receive it. Amen. Whew. I'm like, <laughs> I'm still sitting here like taking in the energy of all this greatness. But so I was actually telling Asante before we started recording how when I tweeted out, you know, we have Tiffany coming in, any questions that you guys have, please, you know, let us know so we can organize everything. And it was pretty inspiring because there are a lot of people that have been listening to your tips for many years and are just in such awesome financial mm -hmm. positions. And the questions they were asking were so refreshing because it was like, you know, I, my credit is awesome. <laughs> I've paid off my house my, you know, partner and I have our retirement funds in place. We have a 529 mm -hmm. for our child. I don't even know what that means, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming that's some type of trust fund <laughs> or savings or something. Um, everything's it's a handgun. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean, they don't play about their motherfucking baby. Go ahead. But, but there were a lot of people that were essentially like, 
I have all this money now. Like, what do I do? That's like, awesome. basically, they're financially whole. You know, they took your holistic approach and now are seeing somewhat of a surplus and are like, where do we go from here? I'm like, what a wonderful position to be in. And I thank you for mm -hmm. giving us the keys and the tools all these years. A lot of it being free gems on your Instagram. Obviously, you have your school, the books. Yes. Like to people, to put people in a position to even ask these questions of like, I have so much money left over. What do I do now? <laughs> no, I love that. And I was looking at the questions yeah. so I could be like ready for mm -hmm. today because I was just like, wow. These are such great questions. They sound like a continuation of work that's been already been right. done. Um, so no, I that is the legacy. Like when you're a teacher, you get to leave behind all of these people who are better as a result of like of what you've taught them. So yes, I'm ready for the question. Yeah, I, I was honestly, gonna. Ask. I love to see us yes. do better. Yeah. So mm -hmm. before we jump into, because I do want to make most of the episode their questions, because I just think that's mm -hmm. the best way to attack what people actually need. But before we get into the Q and A. I want to make sure that to leave space for any questions that Dustin or Sante may have. I can get mine out the way right now. I just want to know, uh, can I hold a dollar? Now I'm just here to soak up the knowledge. I know I'm going to get so many gems today that I was not even aware that I needed as per your normal presence here right. on the show. So I'm 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 a pupil today. Mo, I'm, you know you remember in Ghost, which shout out to Whoopi Goldberg. It's the 30th anniversary <laughs> of her Oscar award uh, win for Ghost, her role in Ghost. But remember that clay that they was molding in Ghost when they was hitting that pedal and shit. That's me and you on the pedal. So let's go. <laughs> I just would like to say I come to you humbly with good credit since the last time we spoke. Amen. Um, Come on. You know, that <clears throat> just that simple thing that you were talking about with the separate bank accounts, it was making me look at money and not look at certain dollar amounts. And so it was easier to put things away and then be like, oh, well, I can just actually pay that off all the way now. I don't have to go on no plan for that. that. So thank you for that. My Apple card limit was pretty nice when I applied for it. Yes. And it's currently being used for cash back and I'm doing it responsibly. <laughs> all thanks to you. Because remember, I ain't no, trust no credit card awesome. before now. I couldn't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, since we're giving flowers, I want to thank you because you're the one who encouraged me by being a guest on Friend Zone to open finally my tax account where when I get any taxes, mm. well, not when I get any taxes, when I get a check, taking 30% mm -hmm. and automatically putting it into this tax account so that when I do my taxes or I have to pay my estimates, whatever mm -hmm. the case, I don't have to like scramble to pull from here to pull from there. Like it's just waiting for me. And it's created a really like easeful experience with taxes because usually mm -hmm. that lump sum hit <laughs> that they would yep. ask for would be the scariest shit ever. So I'm thankful for that. This is the friend zone. Um, but let's jump into these questions. So the first one we got that okay. stood out to me because there were a lot of questions about student loans. So apparently uh, President mm -hmm. Biden's suspension period for the loans may actually come to an mm -hmm. end on September 30th of 2021. So a lot of people were mm -hmm. like, do we wait and chill until that comes around or should we be paying our loan as if there was no suspension period? What's your advice? So I say this. One, there is talk of if you have federal student loans, this is not private student loans, this is for federal student loans. If you're not sure, call and ask. 
Um, but you would know by now because you're you wouldn't you wouldn't be making payments likely now. But so if you have federal student loans, I don't know that I would be aggressive in paying them off because there's talk of forgiveness anywhere from ten thousand dollars to um, fifty thousand. You know, and so <laughs> I would hate for you to go aggressive on a loan that might be forgiven. You know, forgiven. Oh you know, plus traditionally student loans have. Um, lower interest rates than say like um, if you have credit card debt, focus on that. Mm. If you've got any debt that are that's double digits, I rather you put if you are paying down debt while simultaneously saving, that I would focus my debt, my money toward debt that's a little bit more detrimental, especially credit card debt. You know, take that moment unless you you were already good good. Let's just say you're someone who's like um, my job is not in jeopardy. Maybe you work in a field that's highly needed. You know, maybe you're a nurse and you're like, they're not letting go of me, girl. My job is not in jeopardy. Right. You know, I'm making really good money. My my savings account is fully funded. I've got at least three months, maybe up to six months to a year's worth of emergency savings. I don't have any credit card debt. I'm setting aside money for retirement. I'm also putting aside money for for growing um, wealth now. So you're doing all the things and then you want to put some money toward that student loan debt because you know that all of your money is going to go to the principal now, not principal and interest payments. So that's what some people are doing. They're taking advantage saying, Ooh, my full $10 will actually go to the, what I actually owe. Normally only some of that $10 would go to what you owe, but because they've also frozen interest, you can now just hit just the principal right now. So you've got all that other stuff in alignment. Sure. Go for Start paying down your student loan debt. And even then, I wouldn't be super aggressive because I, I want to wait and see. <laughs> know you know, right. like I, I paid off mine and I'm like, God damn, well, you know what? It's fine. I know. Because, <laughs> you know, like, I'm happy. I'm happy you know, that no was, one else, if, yes. if it's forgiven, like I'm happy that no one else has to yes. try to scramble to pay these debts off for 20, 30 years. Yes. But at the same time, like that 70K that I paid off, and obviously even more because of the yes. interest over time. I could have used that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of like, yes. damn. So that's why I said, like, I would wait just yeah. to see. You know, because September is not too far away. And the truth is, um, you are, you can make more money um, investing that money than being aggressive with paying off your student mm. loan debt. Because think about it this way. The market, and right now the market's been crazy. Like, people are up like 300%. But on average, mm. the market goes up 7 to 8% a year. So meaning that you can earn 7 to 8%. So you have to, so that's earning an interest, right? Right. Well, earning and growth. So you ask yourself, well, what am I losing to student loan debt? Well, right now, nothing because they're not charging you interest. So you can earn 8% in the market potentially and lose nothing if you don't pay towards your student loan debt. Mm -hmm. So I much rather you put your money where it's going to make more. So I'll give you an example. If you have credit card debt, credit card debt is typically double digit interest. Shit. So it might be 20%. Right. So you're losing 20 percent if you don't pay off your credit card, but you could potentially earn eight percent in the market. Well, I'm going to be up eight to be down 20. Let me go head on and pay off this thing that's cost me 20. Do you mm -hmm. see? Right. So you, when you're looking about where to put your money, it's like, well, where's it going to make the most difference? I can earn eight here and lose zero in interest to student loan debt. So let me go ahead and, and earn or I can lose 20 to credit card and only earn eight in the market. Let me go ahead on and be aggressive with paying off my credit card mm -hmm. debt. That's how you should look at where your, your money should go, um, or at least the, the bulk of your money should go when deciding whether to save, invest, or pay down debt. Mm. Ooh. So that is pivotal. That is key. Obviously, with the pandemic, 
that changed mm-hmm. the game for a lot of people. A lot of people are un- unemployed, uh, have been laid off or switching or in between transitioning. So we got a lot of questions with people saying, I already mm-hmm. am not making money right now. Where do I even mm-hmm. start? Like, how do you save? How do you, how do you do anything when you don't have anything to begin with? Well, first, I want you to stabilize yourself. I wish somebody would have told me this during the last recession, right? Because um, I lost my job and I lost like my retirement account, my Ooh, savings, everything my else, God. trying to maintain my basic lifestyle, right? <sighs> so I wish somebody would have said, "Girl, you don't have it. You don't have to pay everybody." Yes, they're going to be mad. They can stay mad, right? (laughs) So (laughs) just worry about your health and safety Mm, first. Amen. You are more important than your bills, meaning you're going to look at your expenses and say, what are my health and safety expenses? Because I don't have enough for everybody. So I'm going to look after me. So you want to make sure you have a safe place to live. You want to make sure you have healthy food to eat. You want to make sure you have access to water. So paying those essential bills first, with the money that you have and everybody else will have to wait. Now you can call them and you should call them to say, Hey, Verizon, I know I owe you girl, but I don't have it. Verizon's not going to be happy about it, but they might have a hardship program. That's why you want to tell them. Mm -hmm. And some people, you know, are Karen's and they're gonna be like, you better give me my money or else it's like, well, (laughs) I told you, (laughs) I told you like, so, and then if they start to harass you via phone, via phone call, you go head on with your, with 75 cents down to the staples <laughs> and you print you out a cease and desist letter mm. and you, 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 you fax it to any creditor or, de- or that is calling you excessively and you let them know you can no longer call me, but you can email me and mail me. Mm. And by law, they must stop calling you. That way you can have less anxiety, you know, so you could deal with what <clears> you're dealing with. Now, will your credit score drop because you're not making um, all of your payments? Yes, but you won't always be in that position. So once you've stabilized your health and safety, now I want you to get creative with earning. So step five in Get Good With Money, the 10 simple steps to becoming financially whole is learning to earn. One, learning how to earn more at your current job. Like I really teach you like, okay, how do I, you know, get a raise, ask for a raise, quantify what I bring to the table to get a raise. But also too, how do I make more money out here? Like, you know, there are so many ways to make money, especially if you align yourself with the entrepreneur community. More and more people are becoming entrepreneurs and they're needing help. They're needing bookkeepers. They're needing personal assistants. Mm. They're needing organizers, graphic designers. There is no entrepreneur friend that I know that doesn't need someone. That's real. Right. You know, think about it. Think of all your friends. Like, y'all got someone who builds websites? <laughs> That's so real. You got somebody who can do this? Yeah, yeah. For real. So I, I'll say park yourself in these in these Facebook groups that are, that have, that are filled with entrepreneurs. Ask yourself what skill set you bring to the table. Use the search bar and see who's looking for whatever. And then message them. Like, hi, I saw that you were looking for um, an um an executive assistant, you know, like, cause it's just, it's just really answering emails, you know, I can do that, especially now when everyone is working digitally. So that's what I would do is that, you know, right now you have to learn how to earn, but first stabilize your, your current life. And it's okay. I'm giving you permission to be late on things temporarily until you get yourself together. Okay. So r- run me right back through that cease and desist now, <laughs> yes. only because I mean, like you said, that's stressful for some. So what is, yes. so can you just say, don't text 
or email me just or text or mail me just email me because you know for some people like they don't want the mail at the residence either and the phone call so if it's mm-hmm. just like a little email notification like just how does that work in total no so so one i'll get so i created like so for get with money the book i created a free a free toolkit so if you go to getgoodwithmoney.com go ahead and get you the book but literally <laughs> there's a little button that says that says toolkit right so you're going to click that toolkit button it's free and then you can grab i put my the cease and desist letter that i used Right. So this is because I, I didn't pay my mortgage in 2008, 2009, 2010, <laughs> 2011. You know, sometimes it happens. Right. So I had not paid my mortgage and the bank chase was calling me like crazy. And then they started calling my sister, my my mom, my dad. Damn. I said, oh, y'all some raggedy hoes. <laughs> some rag. They know what they're doing. They trying to shame you because, you know, my mother was calling like, are you? Are you not paying your mortgage? I'm like, they lying, mommy. They lying. They lying. Because I had not told her yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like, they like my little sister Lisa just telling. I said, ooh, okay. Uh, on site, Vaseline, everything. Right? So I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I had Google cease and desist mm. letter. And this is what I tell anybody. That's so interesting. Because by law, there's something called the, um, uh, the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. Mm-hmm. And this is a set of laws that governs the way a debt collector can talk to you. Oh. Yeah, they don't want you to know that. I knew I was going to learn something. Come on, (laughs) Tiffany. (laughs) Right? So this is, so, and if you want a link, I believe in the toolkit, the Get Good Money (laughs) Toolkit, I believe I have like the the act so that way you can see it. So, um, so what it says is that by law, you can ask them to not um, contact you or decide how you want them. Because Asante, you can say no letters. You can say what you can say no contact whatsoever. But you don't want to do no contact because you want to know. Yeah, yeah, not know, like, no contact. I just want to give them just mm-hmm. one option. You know, that's that's how you. That's what you do. So in the letter, you'll see it says like you'll put like your account number, whatever, and then you can literally list these are the ways I do. I no longer want you to contact me in these ways. You know, here's my address. Do not do that. Here are the phone numbers you've been calling. Do not use that. And literally, don't mail it. Fax it. Because it will get there right away, and you still get those with the um with the facts that return received. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know that you know that I know that you know that you know that you know. <laughs> That's why you fast it. And literally by the next day, all of that will be gone. And so that way you can woosa. So put whatever you want them how not to contact you on it, and then but also leave at least one way that you said, but you can contact me this way. And I'm telling you, you do that. Like I, I'm, I'm saying that as someone, I'm not only the client, I'm a, the player president. I've used that letter <laughs> many a times back when things was rough, and it, it really saves your nerves because it is nerve-wracking oh. to get um contacted in ways that you don't want to be contacted. And they are, they can be pretty harsh and aggressive. Their tone, mm-hmm. like talking to you, like you stole something from their store. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it is overwhelming especially when you're already overwhelmed with the world as it is receiving these calls daily mm-hmm. my god um so since we're i know on- what you got for the scammers <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> so because we're already on credit there were a lot of questions about credit counseling services mm-hmm. yay or nay are they all trash or do you have ones that you believe in that you feel actually help our community and are not predatory in any way so yes, no. So most of them are trash, <laughs> but there are some that are good. So I like the NFCC, the National Foundation of Credit Counseling. So if you go to nfcc.org, mm. it's a nonprofit, and they have satellite places um, 
in each state. Mm. So you would go to their website um, and you put in like, sometimes you put in your zip code. These days everything is digital, so it might not matter, but but you, they will help you find like a satellite location near you and you can get um, credit counseling. Mm. Oftentimes it can be free. Well, sometimes there's a sliding scale depending on how much you make. So yes, I like the nfcc.org. Um, I they're not gotcha gotcha. I have been recommending people to them for like the last like ten years, and so that's where I would go if I would if I was needing credit counseling. So now you, we've all heard of like um these other like Lexington Law, all those other places, but oftentimes the fee is so great. Like, well, if I had it, I'd be paying my bill. Hello, somebody. I know. Right. And so I just say, yes, looking for those like nonprofit organizations. But I'll say this. Most people, because one of my friends, Natifa Heard, she also has a company um, uh, called, um, I think it's called M. She's a frugal credit nista. So you just look that up. Frugal credit. Yeah, the frugal credit nista. So what Natifa has shared with me, and she's actually one of the people in the book that I I tapped into for the credit chapter. And she said, most people can do it yourself. Mm. You know, that like you don't need to pay all of that money. You know, that that's why. So there's a credit section in the book that I pulled Nativa in for. People pay her hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But literally, you could just go through step by step. I show you how to fix your own credit. It's good to know, um, you know, because it you're paying all this money. And um, you for most people, you don't need to. There's very few people who actually need, you know, to, to pay someone. Maybe their thing is really complicated. So I would say first, try yourself first. And then if not, certainly reach out to the NFCC um, to see if they can help you. Amazing. So should we be spending to help boost the economy or should we be saving? You got a lot of those too, especially with these stimulus checks coming in. There were people. Okay. What to do with the stimulus? Yeah. Like what do we do? Should I contribute to the economy? So we're all good. Should I hoard it? What's the plan? What's the best plan or course of action? Buy some Bitcoin. First of all, this is what people, people love to ask um, um, middle class people to, to help out the economy. <laughs> right. Well, how, how about you, Mr. Gates, <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberger? Right. How about you help out the damn economy? Like, don't, don't fall into that. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, like, you have your favorite pizza place and you're like, oh, me and Raul, we were cool. I want to make sure Raul's good. <laughs> Raul. That's cool. Right. Go ahead and make sure that you order your pizza from Raul, but don't carry the economy on your daggone back because it's not going to be you that saves it or doesn't save I hear it. That. Mm. You know? And so it's going to be policy. So I say that first and foremost, you the best way to help the economy is for you to be strong financially. You know? Mm. And so make sure that you are strong financially. Do you have the fundamentals in order? Do you have a budget, a savings plan? How's your credit looking? Is your, are you managing your debt? Do you know how to earn money outside of your, your day-to-day um, um, job and income? So stabilize yourself, and in doing so, you actually help the economy overall. But I wouldn't rush out you know, to try to save everyone. You can certainly say that in my neighborhood, here are the places that I was already, um, small businesses that I was already patronizing, and I want to continue to do so in a way where I can still maintain my health and my financial health and safety. Mm. That makes sense. What about crypto? <laughs> so a lot of people ask me about cryptocurrency. You know what's so crazy to me? You bought a Bitcoin. No. No, I'm just nothing, nothing, you, no, you'll like this the most. No, for real, you'll like this the most, right? People will ask you, you know, should they buy a Gucci belt and they breath stink? Uh, <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. Uh, like, <laughs> I knew Dustin would like that. Just teeth rotten. Not a, not a floss in sight. And, I, no, and I'm not talking about meaning that you you worry about the wrong thing, baby. <laughs> do you do you have yourself a but you worry about crypto? 
<laughs> no savings plan. Credit looking crazy. You worried about a Gucci belt? You ain't washed. <laughs> like well, let's. You, I want it's, people. It's that quick, that instant gratification. You yes, know. Yes, because I saw someone write. I know uh, investing is long term. What about that quick money? Here's the thing: if you don't know the fundamentals, that quick money is lost yes, money. It it's is. quick money for someone else that knows. <laughs> right. No, I promise. And I've made that mistake. So I'm not even like, you know, that was just a little jokey jig, you know, because I knew just Dustin was. Right? <laughs> but, right? But, <laughs> but, no, but sincerely, what you can, like, people are trying to go so fast for quick money. If you were to put your money in an index fund. So an index fund is, um, it's a basket of investments that mirrors a particular market. I want you to think of a market literally like a supermarket. So there are different types of markets. There is the S&P 500. There's the Dow Jones, right? We've heard of that before. There's the NASDAQ. So the S&P 500, if we're pretending it's a supermarket, it's a supermarket that sells 500 large U.S. companies that trade in the market, right? So that means when you go to the S&P 500 supermarket, you can only buy stocks from these 500 companies, right? right? So the, 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 that, that particular supermarket, gives you a general view of like how the health of the economy is doing because it follows those 500 large companies. So you can literally say, well, instead of me going into that supermarket, I can purchase an investment vehicle called an index fund, right? So I can purchase an index fund that does whatever that market does. And so you might think to yourself, oh, that's so, yeah, you know what? People are up 100, 200, 300. Someone's up a thousand percent if you were to put your money in to an index fund earlier you know when when the market was down Mm. you know and so if you just put your money into um something like i said like an index fund then you don't have to you don't have to try to jump into gamestop not knowing what you're doing you don't have to try to pick these random stocks like and there's nothing wrong with that but that typically takes years of study so if you have not studied that then it's just best to say you know what i'm instead just going to put my money into something that has always come up right Exactly. And you, yep. an index fund is something that you could purchase from like, a, um, sometimes people don't know where to get that from. So you can look at, um, places like a uh, TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. right. you know, you can purchase index from that's a, that's a great company. You can literally sign up for an account and be like, I'm going to look for an S and P 500 index fund. I'm going to put 50 bucks in it every month. You are doing better than most that like, Oh, let me do GameStop. I promise you, even if you get lucky one time, two times, three times, it's like going to Vegas, Right. you know, Vegas is, the reason why Vegas is wealthy is because most people lose, <laughs> right. you know, it's not mm. set up for you to win, you know? And so if you keep gambling, cause investing is gambling. If you don't know what you do, what you're doing, and it's not investing if you don't know what you're doing. So that's what I just suggest to people is to, to just choose yourself an index fund, do, um, put your money in every month and just kind of set it and semi forget it. Yeah. Mm. And I love crypto. I've been a, a fan of crypto. We had our episode, I think, in 2016 with a, a friend of mine who's heavy into crypto, but he's also like a day trader. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he does daily. Yeah. And so that's yes. why I think people have to keep in mind that you have to be extremely tech savvy because crypto is yes. not easy transferring uh, outcoins from wallet to wallet. Um, and you have to you have to have the time. It's not like stocks where you put your money yes. in and just kind of let it sit. It's more of a long term thing. Crypto is day to day because it's so volatile, you know. So it's something that I can understand how that's definitely mm-hmm. not. For everyone. And you can still get into crypto like um, you and you can also get into crypto like with a mutual fund. So a mutual mm. fund is a basket of investments. 
right? So you can see, is there a mutual fund that invests in um, cryptocurrency? Okay. So you don't have to pick which one. You see what I mean? So let's just say you want to get into like cannabis stocks. You're not sure. There's literally like you can find um, you can find mutual funds that invest in um, in uh, the tech industry, that invest in healthcare, that invest in cannabis, that invest in crypto. That way, you don't have to pick the individual. You. You're literally just picking this basket. So that way, you're like you feel like you're in it without having to individually choose, and you're in it in a way that's more sustainable for you. Right. And see, the reality sounds, is, see, most people aren't good. choosing. They just go on Twitter and see like what's trending. <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's actually probably a safer way to do it. What were you saying, Asante? No, I was just saying that makes it so much better because like you're saying, people just go on and they'll look up random companies and they'll probably be like, find this one or I'm familiar with this yeah. one. So mm-hmm. it's better this way. Not to say it's better to like let a computer do it, but this way it's kind of like nothing to really think about. And it's been proven that it's profitable. So I'm going to get me on TD Ameritrade today. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, mutual funds are so great for that because here's the thing. The reason why people like individual stocks is because it's high risk and high reward. Mm. Because think about this. You have this one stock. If this one stock does well, it shoots up. But if that one stock does poorly, it crashes to the ground. It lives and dies by that one stock. Think about it like a like an elevator cable on a, on, a, on, a, on an elevator. Like So you're in the box in the elevator and it's, it's held up by one cable. That one cable, you all live and die by that cable. <laughs> but a mutual fund is when that same elevator box that you're in, there's like 10 cables, really more like sometimes hundreds of cables. Mm. So even if 50 of those cables fall, you still, you still holding. Right. But if one of the cables doesn't extremely well, it's going to be difficult for you to shoot up because all of them have to do extremely well. So you don't get as much as a reward, but you also don't have as much as a risk. Hmm. So the elevator box held up by the hundreds of cables, that's a mutual fund. It means I get to own all these stocks as it relates to whatever subject matter I'm interested in. Cannabis, health insurance, mm-hmm. health um, uh, care companies, whatever. And so I get to be invested in that industry without having this huge risk, although I'm not going to get the huge reward as if I had just bet one on black, you know, like black 679. You're like, ah, damn, if you lose. But, <laughs> you know, if you have all your money on all the black squares, you know, you, you're going to win a little something and you're going to lose a little something. So that's what mutual funds allow you to do. Most people, that's what they're ready for. They're really not ready to pick individual stocks. And if you are um, ready to pick individual stocks, you probably wouldn't be asking me about GameStop, honestly. <laughs> okay. I mean, not to be shady. Not to be oh, shady. That's real. That's real. I mean, that would seal the deal, that's okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to be shady. So you're not, but you say that if they ask you about GameStop, then they showed they slipped. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it. Justin. So mutual funds, are they are they complicated to open? I know that's going to be the next question nope. from people. Like, how do I even do that? Do mm-hmm. I go to Ameritrade and it's just easy step by step? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could just go to Ameritrade. You, you know, they're going to ask all your business. Like, they're <laughs> right. going to ask for your social security number because, you know, they're going to, they're that's their way of reporting things to the IRS. Right. But yes, you can o- open a mutual fund fairly quickly and easily. And here's the thing. YouTube will teach you everything you need True. to do. But also you can call them people. Like, you know, but literally, you can literally say, okay, I'm going to open up my TD Ameritrade account today. But there's also step-by-step video that you can watch to say, oh, click this button if you need all that. Okay, now it's really about choosing the fund that you want. So if you don't know, then I just tell people, start with the S&P 500. Remember, that's just the fund that mirrors those 500 companies. You can just start there. And then when you feel more comfortable, then you might say, you know, I'm in the healthcare industry. I think I want to also have a mutual fund 
that 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 um it's all about healthcare. You know what? Um, you know, I'm really into like I don't know, like uh um pharmaceuticals. You know, I'm gonna do a mutual fund that that you know that has mostly pharmaceuticals in it. But I would start with an S and P five hundred. Um, um, and and that's it. And you you'd be you'd be in much better shape. And like I said, you do something that it's called, and I'm giving you these definitions because this is what, this is what you're going to hear out there in the world. So you want to do something, they call it timing the market, right? Or time in the market. So timing the market, I want you to think of timing the market, like playing double Dutch. You ever see somebody who's too scary? They're like, oh, oh, oh. they scared right. of the ropes. You're like, oh girl, you scared of the ropes? <laughs> Me, right? Go ahead and jump on in. Annoying, right? I know. Look at Dustin's face, right? So that is someone who's trying to time the market. They're like, oh, wait, I got to get it. Wait, no. I, uh, right. But time in the market, meaning like you just get in the longer you're in the ropes, the more jumps you get, just get in, you know? And, and so that's also called, um, dollar cost averaging. If you just get in, sometimes you'll get in when the market is up. Sometimes you'll get in when the market is down and on average, it will average itself out. If you mm. try to figure out when the market's going to be up, when the market's going to be down, you're going to miss out. Just jump in and consistently put money in dollar cost averaging. So consistently put money in your 50 bucks, your 100 bucks a month in your mutual fund or an index fund and and you should be good to go. I'm curious, do you have any stocks that you're a fan of right now? Um I bought some. I'll just say like when the market was down because I have a and this I suggest this for everyone too. Like uh, my sisters and I have a WhatsApp. We call it WhatsApp Wealth Group. Oh, I love that. And so one of my sisters, um, Carol, she's really good at. She told me that she was interested in Bitcoin. Um, let me see. Over twenty years ago, Damn. she had seen it and she wanted to buy it then. Yep. She's a girl. It was like five cents, and I was right. She's like, Probably I said, not you even. Get it? <laughs> Yes. She said, well, because then it, you didn't have Coinbase. It was, there was no easy mechanism to purchase it. Like you purchase it now. So right, she said it was too right. hard. She's like, I'm, I'm mad at myself. Cause she said, girl, we could have been moving on up. Way right. Um, so but then, so back then she told me about, um, Shopify, oh, which I Lord. bought, right? No, but I bought Shopify. Cause let me tell you Shopify, when I bought it, I want to say I bought it for, I'm so mad at myself. Cause she said, girl, go ahead and get you some Shopify. And I was like, I was all stingy. I only got um three shares. And I was like, oh, no. You know, so I got, I'm looking at my Robinhood account. I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly how much I paid for Shopify. I think I, I paid for Shopify like a hundred and something uh, dollars. Let me see, Shopify. A hundred and something um, dollars for Shopify. I bought it for a hundred and forty-three dollars. And Shopify right now is worth $1,142. Per yep. share. Wow. I bought it for, because Yes, per share. So I bought one, three shares for one forty three a piece. It is up, you know, like so. That is, I mean, I'm up almost seven hundred percent, but only three measly shares. So you know, I'm mad. Also, Nike at the time it was half off. So she was telling us that. So that, that these are some of the stocks that I'm like, I'm you know, I, like I purchased and I'm happy with my purchase, but I didn't purchase enough. Um, cause I like Amazon. I call it like my play money account. Like I'll do a few, you know, uh, one or two stocks here, one or two stocks there. Yeah. But I will tell you this, that one of the things I've learned from Carol, because almost all the stocks that she picks, like she bought Tesla Me. before, like, cause she's an engineer. She bought Tesla years ago. Me. She said, um, when Tesla, I think it was $30 a share, oh, $30 wow. a she share when she good. bought Tesla. Damn. <laughs> so the thing is she, so the, the thing about investing Sheesh. to remember is that investing is about people, right? Meaning you have to, I asked her, why did you think like, you know, 10 years ago that Bitcoin was going to blow up or 20 years ago, Bitcoin's going to blow up. She said, because I was doing some research and I read about this 
currency that you can go online and people can buy, you know, illicit drugs yeah. and, oh, and not be market. traced. And she said mm-hmm. her antenna went up and she said, oh, people going to love that. <laughs> You know, and so, but you see what I mean? Like, it's about people. You look at something, you ask yourself, Nikes ain't going nowhere. Right. I still see Nikes all over. So if Nike stock has dropped, has it really dropped? Not in the streets. Right. So it was going to go back up. So part of picking a stock is about being in tune to what human beings are doing and asking yourself, how is that going to play out? You know what I mean? Like, is Nike going to still be Nike? Yes, it is. Do people want to buy, like, do some more illegal stuff online and want to protect themselves and are willing to use Bitcoin? Yes, they are. <laughs> so that's part of, like, how, yep. you know, that's what that, that's how you kind of evaluate stocks because you start to see that people will start to use them um, based upon, like, supply and demand. Like, does that make sense? And so even I'm trying to, to work on my spidey senses when it comes to that because she's really good at looking at specific socks and saying, mm, you know what? I did notice a few years ago that people are doing more and more dot, 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 like Zoom. Duh. How did I miss oh out? She invested in God. Zoom. Right? She was like, right away, she was like, she oh. Knew. When she had her first meeting with her, she knew. she knew. She was like, let me get some Zoom. So now, now we be cussing her out. I said, girl, put it in the work chat. <laughs> <laughs> Over here making money on your home. <laughs> Yo, that's so real. And she'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm up a thousand percent. I'm like, nobody cares. <laughs> Put it in the well. No, check. that's so, so real. With that's Zoom. what I was just saying. I like, thought that too. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. he definitely missed out on buying shares because Zoom went yes. crazy during the pandemic because everybody Outta had to here. use it. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself now, what's the next step? So now that people, when outside is starting to open back up, like I, what I would do if I was you, I would look. So um, the you guys have heard of like the Warring Twenties or the Warring Thirties, I think they're called, mm-hmm. right? This is like this is when everybody was drinking, dancing, having fun in the streets. But that was right after the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu, very similar to COVID, in that everybody had to wear a mask, they had to stay inside. It was a scary time. As a result, afterward, everybody flocked to the streets like, "Yay, like we're now. free!" So I would look to see. <laughs> Right? So I would look to see what things jumped up. Alcohol consumption, Mm, vacation. So this this is an opportunity to see ahead of time when outside fully opens. Yep. What are people going to be buying more? You might want to get some more. You might want to, and um, condoms. Condoms. You know, people going to be out here. That's real. morning after pill with the drug companies with the morning after pill. Exactly. So smart. So I would look at things like that and say, huh, what companies are strong companies that are probably going to get flooded once outside opens all the way up? And that's how you start to look at stocks and then you evaluate if a company is strong or not. Ooh, Mm. that was, I'm buzzing right now. That was Free game. (laughs) Well, not free. You got to buy the book. (laughs) All right. I, uh, you, we mentioned briefly YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there are any resources that you would like, because you don't have to, obviously, that you would like to share from maybe YouTube or something that you made, some things you may have seen on YouTube, because you are always all over, all over like the media outlets. But I've noticed the almost not to say that you were the first, but I feel like there's like an uptick or a trend. And maybe it's because I, I watch you so much through the media outlets. My uh, algorithm just shows me more people giving, you know, financial advice and tips. So are there any other people that you would say you could not to or that you might reference to or trust or mm-hmm. anybody you want to put on? Because you always giving free game and you always teaching and putting and doing things for the future, Tiffany. So what you got mm-hmm. for me? No, absolutely. So some of my favorite people to follow. Well, first, let me say, like, you know, I have a podcast, Brown Ambition. Hey. Shout out to Mandy. We talk about uh, money, career, all things in your brown skin as it relates to money and um and 
and your career. So, but here's some of my favorite financial people that I like to lean into. I like, um, um, his name is Jaspreet. He has a YouTube channel called, um, Minority Mindset. He's Sikh. And so, but he breaks down like kind of like these, it's almost like an economy class. So if you're someone who was like, I don't get what's a recession. <laughs> oh, snap. Like even like, yo, okay, Jaspreet, I got it. I got okay. it. Like you'll find yourself because his videos are short. You know, like he's brown and like he just has this fun energy, but also too, he explains things in such a way. So but that like, you know, like a depression, a, um, a recession, all these kind of like economic terms that you feel like you ought to know. So he's really good at explaining like what's happening, the market crash and what does that mean? Mm, and like so Jasprey of Minority Mindset is one of my faves. Um, I also like the um, the mm, Earn Your Leisure yeah. guys. I'm sure you guys mm. have heard of yes, them. Yes, I want right? to get so them on the Rash show. Rash yes yes you should yeah Rashad and Troy such a fan you know and but they also have this um uh a, um a guy named Ian um it's, I think he's called the master what is it called the, the master um um investor something like that on um on uh insta so they do something called market Mondays where they really walk, walk you through like what's happening in the stock stock market so they're great um who else do I really like um so for credit like I said the, the frugal credit Nista I really love I love um, my friend Sandy. She's got this thing um, called like, so I call her side hustles with Sandy because Sandy is like, she's the queen of teaching people how to make money on the side. Mm. And so Sandy's um, IG is yes, I am cheap. But <laughs> what I love about Sandy is, <laughs> I know, she's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> right? But Sandy's a mom. Her son is not even four years old. I think he's four and she's a wife and she's an HR professional. But last year alone, she told me in her side hustle, she sells stuff on Amazon, things like that. She made $125,000. Yeah. On a side hustle. On a side hustle. Side hustle. So like, mm -hmm. so with Sandy, so she's Sheesh. one of my experts in the book. So in the, in the learn to earn chapter, I give, I pull out all these like tips and things from Sandy, but, but I would definitely look at her too. I'm trying to think of like, um, Oh, I mean, you, you've else? given us enough and those, and those two things that you just said right there are very important because, uh, the mm -hmm. fact that you touch on that in your book, a lot of what's coming up on my YouTube algorithm is, uh, and I guess because of the one or two things I've watched, uh, people hustling, doing the Shopify's or them showing like what it's like to do oh, their yeah. e-commerce and stuff like right. that. So yeah. I keep seeing a lot of that come up along with the financial stuff, along with the tidbits of the crypto happening. Cause everything is like happening in, cause they're all markets. So they happen in tandem. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if there were other little gems well, that we can get. Well, you're seeing about what you're seeing in that because there's an uptick so i'll tell you because it's important sometimes to fit to, to pay attention to the white boy space too yes because please the, the scams originate there mm. <laughs> on so red, i like on to get ahead <laughs> yes i like to get ahead and so like i will like for example there's this um uh there's this uh, uh baller alert no no what is it called is it called baller alert not baller alert i think it's called baller alert or baller baller scam or something on on instagram where the scammers in the white boy space, he puts them on blast. Oh, shit. Mm. But there are, mm -hmm, so I will go to see who is, you know, who's being put on blast. And there's also this guy named Coffeezilla on, um, on uh, YouTube that he puts the scammers on blast. But what I like to see is I like to study how those scammers are, because it looks so legitimate at first. Like, here's my Shopify score, but it's all marketing. They literally 
have, um, they literally have these like marketing templates to market to you, to sell you, you know, whatever garbage course or whatever, that's not really real, you know, but they, they jump in and out of businesses. And what happens is five, 10 years later, you will see it start to seep into the black spaces. Mm. So I like to keep ahead by seeing like, okay, that's a scam. So I can recognize it when I mm. see it, you know, and that's why I don't partner so easily. So when you see me link and partner with someone or say someone's name, it's because they have been vetted and tested right, right. Um, because there, there are, cause I see it. Like I'll, I'll notice. I'm like, Oh, Oh, so such and such is doing that, that template now, girl, I clocked you because uh, <laughs> such and such that, you know, like Grant Cardone did that BS like five years ago since you late, but no, we can't partner. Right. Well, it you feels know, good to be budget Nista tested and approved. I just yeah, want to say that. Yes. <laughs> That's For real. I'm trying to give a real. real. Budget Nista approved. Yep. Because I'm like, how how can I be in this business to be of service to my people and then expose them to scams? So that's why I'm so mindful of who I uh, partner with. That's why so many things sure. I build myself, like the Facebook group, like the podcast. I have my online school, the Literature Academy. I built those things myself, you know, to help one, help me vet, but also two, so I know that when someone comes to me that you're, there is no gotcha, gotcha. There is no scam. I can make 10 times more if I said yes to even half oh, the partnerships sure. that come my way. Mm. But, you know, but I'm like, you know, friend, all these people coming to you like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, like, because, <laughs> you know, you want to sleep. I want to sleep well yeah, at night and I sleep course. well at night. So. And speaking yeah. of scams, no shade, but people were asking about Forex. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say this. Forex, in, it's such a shame because Forex in itself is not a it's scam. It's not. Right. right? So I'm, this is what I'm the Forex. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, because unfortunately, mm. I don't know why these bots and, and scamish people have connected themselves to mm. Forex. It's like having an, an e-commerce store is not a scam, but the scam artists have used that as one of their favorite Got tools. It. So mm. what Forex really so means guilty is by the foreign exchange market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, damn. So Forex is the foreign exchange market. And the way it is, is that like, you know, how you go to another country and you're like, my $1 is worth two dollars here or my one dollars worth 50 cents here that is what forex is it is people who are trading they're hoping because have you ever before you go to a country you want to see how far can my dollar go mm -hmm. right right and literally it, hour to hour minute to minute your dollar might be worth 125 mm -hmm. 175 135 right? so what they're doing online is literally exchanging they're not going to that country uh. but they're trying to catch it you see what i mean yeah. and so but, but you have to have a lot of money Exactly. So it might be two cents, but if you've got say like a hundred thousand dollars and you're like, Ooh, in this one second, I can trade Ooh. my hundred thousand dollars for a hundred thousand for whatever yen I can stand to make $10,000 because it's up five cents in this one wow. second. Mm. So I exchange it, then I exchange it back. So in its, in, in, in its essence, it's not a scam. But most people don't know how to do Forex well because you trading with Forex with, with $1,000, $5,000, it's not enough money in that because it's literally cents typically. And um, and I don't know why a lot of scammers have latched onto it, but no. And it's in in its like pure form, it's just a foreign exchange market and it's just people who are exchanging currency trying to make money. So how is it that people are getting scammed? Because it just seems like such a thing online now where people just randomly will tweet you like, hey, let me teach you how to do for it. And you're just like, eh. That's the scam. <laughs> Because that the scam is not the the forks itself is the, the it's the teaching yes mm. it's the course because most of those people don't know how to to do that but you buy the course because of you know these dreams of big money right. but you have to literally live by the computer right because literally like I was saying about you crypto know like trading. I have, yeah exactly 
you know, so, but they don't, they don't want to tell you that. So, you know, you get like, oh my gosh, you made how much? But they didn't tell you they have a hundred thousand dollars circulating and you with <laughs> right. your $200, you're going to make 50 cents an hour. Like sis, you are better <laughs> off, you know, working, putting your money in the index fund and let that thing do what it do. Right. Most people honestly are just better off with that. Putting your money in a mutual fund, putting your money in an index fund. Like you're much better off doing that and, and working and working, budgeting, saving some, paying down debt, putting some money in a mutual fund or index fund. Most people would be just fine doing that, but everybody wants to do what's, um, what's sexy. But if you're, cause I have a friend who, um, teaches, um, uh, 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 trading and she is on task this year to make $50 million. What? Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And so I won't put her name out there so she won't get stolen by the (laughs) but just send her my cash (laughs) (laughs) out. But, I especially not gonna say her name now because you're like, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Good. My bad. <laughs> right? So, but here's why. Because all of her 20s, for 10 years, she studied how to trade in the market. Mm. And so now in her 30s, you know, she started trading and now she's got a significant amount of money where she has about seven to ten million dollars in an account that she trades and it makes her about a million dollars a month Ooh. but she said you gotta live and die by the trade but you see most of us are not because i'm busy okay like, right. i can't live by my um account so that's smart for her right and so unless you are willing to put that much effort you're not going to get that much reward out right of unless you're willing to turn it into a literal career yeah it's not like a yep. casual thing to trade no. You gotta stay on she it. She put ten years in that thing. Woo! You said ten years, right? Ten years of really yeah. educating herself so. to trade, and now she's making bank. And I'm like, she had me saying, "Well, maybe I need to learn to trade." I she's know. Like, I feel you that know? way too because I've right? seen a lot of women, which has honestly been like the coolest thing. But a lot of black mm-hmm. women have gotten into trading, crypto yes. trading. I'm seeing more black women on Twitter. Um, sharing stock advice it. and teaching people and mm-hmm. kind of just throwing gems on there all day. I follow tons of black women. I'll link some of them underneath too so people can follow. But that to me has and been exciting. With the yeah, and that's the thing. They break it down mm-hmm. in a way that's really palatable and makes you feel like it's not as daunting. You know, they tell you everything from mm-hmm. how to sign up, which are their favorite exchanges, how to trade, mm-hmm. which stock, da 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 Even, you know, shouting out the people you mentioned, like Earn Your Leisure. I know they, they mm-hmm. give a lot of awesome advice. So it's just been cool. I think, I don't know, I, I think because of the pandemic, the stock talk just flew. Yes. Like everyone yep. is talking stocks now, everyone. It's mm-hmm. all I see on my feed. And you can practice too. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, TD Ameritrade has something called Sink or Swim, where you could, it's like a fake account. Oh, where they shit. give you fake money. What? So that way you can practice. And mm-hmm, like, like my friend Tila, she teaches stocks, Tila Holcomb, right? So she teaches pr- women how to trade. And That's so cool. she always suggests, like, she's like, she practiced on Sink or Swim for a year before she used any real money. So it's possible to get your practice on, but you have to be... You cannot, you know, you cannot want to, to, to pick fruit that you didn't plant the seeds for. It's right. just doesn't, life just doesn't work that way. That's real. You know, you have to ask yourself now, you know. So I was talking to Dr. Green, who is my, um, you know, my, my coach, and she said, you know, you have to understand that, like, you, that you manifest, everyone. You, everyone manifests. It is, that is what's happening. And manifestation is just planting a seed and it grows and that's yours because that's the seed that you planted. So she was like, not enough of us garden wisely. 
Mm. You know, you're saying that you're wanting this, but what do you listen to on a daily basis? That Mm. is gardening. You know, what do you watch? You know, what kind of talk do you have with your friends? What books are you reading or listening to? Are you planting the seeds for the thing that you said that you want? I remember in particular, like I remember Dustin, you said that you wanted to write for TV. And yep. so you started, You do you still do that segment yep. where you read, right? Yeah. Well, and I so don't do this, it on here anymore, but that okay. definitely did further to your point. It what changed you everything. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah, because that was an intentional seed that you planted. Like, I want to do a thing. I don't got to wait for permission for someone <laughs> right. to tell me that I'm a writer. Yeah. If you a writer, write. And you did. And as a result, look at where it's brought you. Yes, Lord. You know? Yes, Father God and Mother. <laughs> uh, <budget>. <laughs> 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 Sorry for people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? No, but for real. And so, I like, this is with all things. Like, you know, I want you to plant good seeds so you can yield good fruit. It's there is so much money out here. To be made. You know, I used to think to myself that money was hard to make. This is what we all tell ourselves. Money is hard to make, for most of us anyway. They say We say this. Money is hard to make and requires an extreme amount of effort. And the truth is, that's not true. That's real. That's not true. You know, now, I'm not saying that there's no work involved, but because I told myself that, I used to work myself to the bone in order to, to make money. But now, I've literally done a live... You know, I, I, I did a, one of my friends had like a really great course. I did a live with her, sent out a couple of emails and we made almost a million dollars that weekend. Holy shit. <laughs> and that's when I was like, wait, what? I said, wait, wait, wait. Right. Because, because I had told myself money is hard to make and it's scarce. That's not true. That's real. Once you tap into your, what's, what's in alignment for you. I'm a teacher. And as long as I stay connected to my audience, as long as I'm true to my, my, my teaching background, as long as I'm always here to be of service, like I can tap into my audience to share a thing and know that they're likely to purchase it. Friend, how many times have you shared a thing and it's sold out that day? Every day. Right? <laughs> right? For real, money's not hard to no, make. It's not. But that's because you're in alignment. Right. Right. You know, and I so understand that's my role you- and I pay attention exactly. to it and the energy just flows for sure. Exactly. Too many of us are out of alignment, but that's why I do what I do. That's why I wrote Get Good With Money to help you with that foundation so you can seek your alignment and open the door. You are the bank at any moment in time when you're ready. You can you can open the doors to the bank and money will flow in. But you have to have a foundation and um, and you have to be planting and being being a good gardener. Amen. So before we get out here, people were asking about the housing market right now. There are people yeah. that are like, houses are cheap. Should I jump in? Should I not? I mean, there are some markets that are not doing too well. Like I know some mm-hmm. uh, listeners from LA were saying the LA housing market is not mm-hmm. the buyer's market right now. But what is your, what's your advice on housing right now, buying homes? Should we do it? Should we not? So d- depends where you are. So living in Jersey, all y'all New York people <laughs> are over here buying up everything. Wow. Like we, home, we ain't got no choice. <laughs> I know. They don't came in. Like I was like $500,000 in Newark. Oh, hell no. Right. So I will say this, depending on the market, especially the coast, right? The edges of the United States that the housing market, I would not buy honestly, mm. because I believe that these homes are overinflated Ooh. because you're seeing people leave the city in droves and it's driving up the, the price astronomically. Mm. So I likely would not jump in because it likely it's likely to settle down and you might be left with a house that you paid more than what it's Ooh. worth. So that's one. Scary times. Right? But 
depending, you might be in the in the um, central of um, you know United States of America where that's just not true. Yeah. So now is a good time potentially if if the houses where you live have not jumped up astronomically because interest rates are low. Mm. You know, they were lower before. I don't know if they're at 3%, around 3%. At one point, they were down to 2%. That means for every dollar you borrowed, you only owe two cents. That's amazing. Wow. But still, 3% is still amazing. So it might be worth it if you live in a place where the, the market is still stabilized or homes have actually dropped in value to go ahead on, and, and now's a great time to lock in that low interest rate. So that way you're paying only three cents on every dollar. Mm, and and we did get questions too where people were saying, should I get a realtor before I have my down payment so that they can kind of guide me through the process? Or should I have my down payment on my ducks in a row before even contacting anybody? So I wouldn't contact a realtor just yet because what you don't want is for them for you to find the perfect house and then you can't mm, get it anyway. Right. Then right, you wasted everybody's right, time. Right, right, right. So we're thinking about a down payment, I want you to think about this. I want you to, one, have, it, if you're likely that you might want to get an FHA loan, which is a, a, the, a loan from the federal government. If you're just getting a conventional loan, you're going to have to put down 20%. That's just a regular private loan. An FHA loan, it's almost like the difference between having private student loans and federal student Got loans. Mm-hmm. With an FHA loan, the down payment is 3.5%. Mm-hmm. So you at least want to have that, that down payment down, right? But then also, two you're going to want to have something called closing costs. And closing costs are things like you're going to have to get an appraisal. Um, you're going to have to maybe do a title search. A title search just means that they're going to search, does anybody else have any claim on this house? And so you're looking to set aside about 1% to 3% of the loan. Mm-hmm. So if the house is $100,000, 3% is um, $3,000, right? So that means that all of those kind of like little like one-off expenses, you want to have that saved as well. People always forget to save for closing costs. So once you have your, your money saved, that's just step one. Then step two, get your credit score above a 740. Mm, okay. Because 740 is the beginning of <laughs> perfect credit. You can do it. You oh, no, I got, I got it. Because oh, of you, you, I got it. Because of you, okay. <laughs> right? Because if you go for a home, let's just say you have a 700, 680, you can still get a house, but you're not going to get that best interest rate. Mm. So it's worth it to wait till you get your 740 or better. So then you're great. And then third number you want to look at is your debt to income ratio. They're going to, if you have too many other people that you owe, they're going to give you a hard time because they're worried that if you were to lose your job, you have six other people that you owe a lot of money to, are we going to get our money? So you want to get your debt down. So get your debt down, get your credit up and have your down payment and your closing costs saved. And then you can start looking for, um, for a realtor. If you're a first time home buyer, I would suggest a pro program called NACA, N-A-C-A. It is a, they're a nonprofit organization that helps people, first time home buyers. And a first time home buyer is anybody who has not bought a home in like the last four years. So if you got a home, you had a home eight years ago, you would be considered a first time home buyer. They help you get the lowest interest rate. I've seen people get 1.5% interest rate, which is basically like you got so the house free. without any fees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And and so NACA is a program to try to get people to purchase homes who might not otherwise. They move a little bit slow, but it's worth it to get that low interest rate. If not NACA, look at your local bank to see if they have a first-time home buyers course, just so you can understand the process of what you should be looking for. But if you do that, like you know, home ownership can really be a cornerstone for wealth, especially black and brown wealth, mm. um, because if bought properly, that home can generate income. Like if you were to rent it out, mm. or yeah. You know, it, it, depending where you purchase it, like it might be worth so much more years from now. So it's really like, like my parents bought their house for 250 when I was nine. 
I'm 41 now. That house is worth seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's a huge. That's like five, over five hundred thousand dollars in equity that they have that that adds to their bottom line. So if Ooh. you purchase, so here's a trick to purchase, and I Ooh. wish I would have known this then. I, unless you're buying some huge, humongous home, if you're just buying like a regular house or a condo, make sure that your mortgage is what I call rentable. Ask the realtor for this house, what would it rent for in this neighborhood? Mm, okay. You know, like, oh, well, you know, there's a similar house down the street and we rent for $2,000. Try to get your mortgage to $2,000 or under. Because if you ever hit hard times, you can rent out your house and still make your mortgage payment. Man, that's smart. That's a gem. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known that's that. That's a gem. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you know, as it pertains to the housing stuff, people were asking about married couples where, or not even married couples, but just partnerships where um, one person makes more, has better credit, the other person doesn't. Should we both be going into this or should one person just be like, hey, you go ahead and hide. <laughs> I'll handle this. We got a lot of questions from that too. That's good. So I say, so it depends. I'll give an example. I have great credit. My husband had great credit, but I had a foreclosure when we were looking for a home originally mm-hmm. on still on my credit report. Even though I make more than him, they suggested I come off because my foreclosure was going to make it very hard for a bank to say yes That's to us. So, and he worked for, so he works for Newark housing authority. He worked for them for the last 20 years. Mm. Yo, they love a, they love a steady um, employee. <laughs> right. Yes. And they're like, Oh, you are. Entre- Cause I'm over here. Like, well, you know, I make all this money. They're like, girl, we don't care. You're an entrepreneur, girl. We know what that means. Feast or famine. You ain't cute. You make money today. So and then tomorrow you got broke again. But they're like, oh, Mr. Faithful over mm-hmm. here with his 20 years. 20 Mr. Years Loyal. Old. We love right. him. Mm. Right. Yep. <laughs> so I came off when we were looking for a mortgage. That's so interesting. Um, we ended up finding a foreclosure that we just bought straight out. So I'll say that, that like, it depends. So you can ask your mortgage person. You should be able to talk to them and say, you know, um, if, if you know, will I make the, the application stronger if one of us is on, if one of us is off? Um, typically it makes it stronger if you're both on, unless someone has really bad credit or a whole bunch of debt, then they might say it's actually stronger if you come off, but speak to your mortgage lender. You don't have to hide that from them. They'll give you good advice. advice. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I feel like this is full. We got some credit, we got some housing, (laughs) we got some budgeting, we got some how to make more money in the pandemic. I want to make sure we're, we covered all bases. Anything else you guys want to add? I have one last housing yeah, question. Hit us with and, it. Okay. New York City apartments, oh, keep gosh. renting or try buying? Uh, yes. Honestly, <laughs> buying is not for everyone. Like, you know, everybody will tell you to buy, but who's going to pay these taxes? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and and from what I from my understanding that the apartments are much cheaper now as a result of, of like people leaving the, the rent, city. The rent, you mean? So Mm-hmm. Yes, the rent. it is. Uh-huh. It's- that some place, you know, it's so it might still because one, you have the housing going up, like the cost of homes going up and then rents going down. So renting might not be a bad idea if you're not interested in owning a home because it's an it's an investment of time and energy and money. Um, mm-hmm. If you have decided that, you know what, instead, I rather I, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be here long. I might want to. You know, move to Bali. I might want to move to LA or whatever. That you don't want to necessarily purchase a, you know, a home. Mm-hmm. A home is not just, you know, to flex and say I got one right. because taxes are, are really something else. Like, like it, for example, I'm in Newark and we have some of the lowest taxes in Essex County. Montclair, one house over, one a few oh, um, mm-hmm. towns over. What? So they have my taxes right now for the house I live in: five bedrooms, three full baths, finished basement, done outside. Everything is beautiful. 
taxes, my taxes, I think, um, eight thousand dollars a year. Ooh. This home in Montclair might be sixteen thousand, maybe close to twenty thousand dollars a year. God, Ooh. so damn. the people don't talk to you about taxes. Yeah, there are people in Montclair whose taxes are thirty thousand dollars a year. So mm. home ownership is not always the the money making thing that and people that tell you. So. To me, I think has been my resistance with pushing the house thing because I think people forget mm-hmm. to mention all those costs, the closing costs, the taxes, mm-hmm. like not to mention the shit you have to fix because it's your home yeah. now. So even when you sign off and I know they should be transparent about like what needs to be fixed, but shit just ends up breaking this wall. You mm-hmm. go to move this wall and then realize there's a pipe burst and yes. then, you know, the HVAC, like is so much the gate around the house. So if you're going to buy a home, yeah. make sure that, that it's something that you're wanting to do and then do the full math. Right. Yeah. And that you know, doesn't do become a money math. pit, which I feel a lot yes. of my friends that have bought homes, they low-key regret it because they're yeah. like, Very this common. took my whole savings to buy. So yes. I already was starting with low money, you know, and then all the fixing that they have to do is just taking all their money and it just hasn't been the most pleasant experience so i've kind of been on mm-hmm. the fence to be honest about consider house hacking though friend like you might consider getting a two-family house mm. so that way you have someone that either pays the mortgage or at least takes a huge edge off the mortgage right so you can continue to pay what you used to pay as a renter but now you have someone else that's helping so that's one way to kind of like sidestep offset you know, being a homeowner but having some help right mm-hmm. and i think too because i've been debt free since 2015 there's that yeah. that hey. like ping in my body that's like oh i don't want no more debt <laughs> i don't want nothing i don't want <laughs> you nobody don't have to, girl please <laughs> and and also too consider like honestly friend you might consider like the house that the house i live in now it was worth 370 but it was a foreclosure because someone lost mm. it because they couldn't afford it i bought it for 180 we pay cash that's for it real so i have that's a home but we don't have any mortgage Mm. That's you know, because my, my husband really he grew up like in apartments his whole life. Project, <laughs> hey. um, and so he um, was like, he was like, I want a house. Yeah. I grew up in a house, and I was like, okay, so this was perfect. So now we live in this house. I'm debt free like a five year old. There's no mortgage. Hey. Ooh, it's I know just... that's right. Debt free <laughs> like a five year old. <laughs> yes. You know, and then we also bought another house from the city called the Tax Deed. Mm. That house was ten thousand dollars. Fix what? it up with our own cash, and we'll be renting that out. And so we now we have two homes with no mortgage. Wow! Right, and then we paid off my parents' house. Ooh! Um, because they had taken money out to pay for my sister's um school loans. That was one hundred twenty thousand dollars. And so my parents are, you know, they don't have to worry about any mortgage what either. A blessing. But this is what happens when you get good with money. Honestly, I think people think because I'm the budget nista, or like when I'm talking about financial fundamentals, that it means that. There's, there's not wealth involved. No, a bitch is wealth. <laughs> <laughs> but Woo! don't run up because you'll get done up. I told you my husband grew up in the projects. Okay. I hear that. I can't right? wait for you to come but, back and tell us about your billion. <laughs> right? But no, I want, I, I want to illustrate because I think people think that fundamentals means less funds. And that's just not true. It allows me, because I have such a strong foundation, it allows me to make moves that I, I would not otherwise be able to do. Right. You know, it allows me to purchase this home cash. It allows me to invest further into my business so it can yield back out. 
Yes, I want financial wholeness, honestly, for all of us so you can build the wealth that you so richly deserve. Yep. Ooh, I mean, on that Thank note, you, Tiffany. on Thank that you. note, <laughs> 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 Tiffany. Well, can I tell the people where? I didn't even tell them where you could get the book no, from. No, no, no. Right? We're about to do the whole, the whole shebang. Uh, yeah, come okay, on. The shebang. Please okay. tell people your school, first of all, because that was the biggest impact the last time you came. People were like, that school changed my life. So please tell us. Oh, All really? of your services, the books, so, the schools, the groups on Facebook, everything. Okay. So this is for people who ain't got no money. This is okay, though, because I'm here to help you, too. That's right. I would start, right? Start with the Facebook group. It's called Dream Catchers Live Richer with the Budgetista on Facebook. Totally free, right? And um, you can, so, and then, so that's her. If you don't have any money, get that. Follow me on my socials at the budget needs on everything. I give away so many tips on purpose, yep. you know, because you don't have to pay me to get help from me. That's like my, 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 my promise to my people. Woo, then amen. you got a little bit of something. There's the Academy, the live richer Academy. We've got like 40,000 students getting their entire 40, life. 40,000 students. Mm-hmm. Getting their entire <laughs> life. And so <laughs> we're making it even better now. I actually, we actually hired these two women from Stanford University to come in to help us revamp and make it even better. Mm. Like I put a lot of money into like, cause I'm always wanting to make things better for y'all. So that's the Literature Academy. You can go to joinlra.com to learn more. Um, we're always having a sale. It's like 50 bucks a month, but we always having some old 40, 39, 99 sales, something like that. So <laughs> I'm sure there's some sale there up there. Cause we are. Right. So that's the Academy. Of course, I told you about my podcast, Brown Ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the budget needs to everywhere. And then the book, Get Good With Money, is available at getgoodwithmoney.com. Um, you can get the book there, <laughs> but there's there's a quiz to see what your financial wholeness score is. And I'll send you a free checklist after you take the quiz. There's the Get Good With Money toolkit with all of these resources. Even if you didn't buy the book, the toolkit is absolutely free with all the re- these resources from the book. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I don't have to work no more Ooh. if I didn't want to. Mm. But wow. I do this because mm. I want to put more people in the position not to have to work anymore. Amen. And so there's so much I give away for free because I want to make sure that, you know, that we all good. Like, you know, so look at Destin with my, my green, my metallic green. <laughs> money green, dog. The book coming some money green packaging, dog. You already, you know, from the giddy up what you're about to learn, how to get good with money. Okay? That's it. My sister told me I was tacky for that. I'm like, Hell whatever. No. Oh, the details. Straight to the <laughs> point. <laughs> no, but honestly, I'm just like, I just have to thank y'all because. First of all, your audience is like, you already know. I mean, the first time I came on, I was like, what in the occult? <laughs> they they lived in my mansions. I was like, well, damn. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, my Twitter was lit. Yes. Like, right? And so, and then the second time I came on, I was talking about like my, my children's book, Molly Moore, Happy yes. Birthday, Molly Moore. And I did the Kickstarter. Yes. What we made double what we wanted to do, so we were able to to double the amount of books we were able to give away to oh kids. Oh my god! And we have so you guys have just supported me. We from, really do for real. But no, but it's it's a testament to y'all. You have supported me from like the very beginning. So it's just I'm just grateful for for um a safe space to be black and excellent. Yes, Lord. Yes. And um and pour back in. So thank and you're you. So I mean, dynamic. thank you. It's yeah, like you are. Yeah, you are. First of all, our top guest. Every episode we have with you, it's it becomes a top episode. And your energy, <laughs> I've been able to work with you before outside of this and different spaces, and just seeing you on stage, you're just so organized. You're so like you know your shit, and I think 
people like that. You know, a lot of us can bullshit through our things, but you just are always on 10. Like, I've never not seen you you on 10. And it's inspiring. (laughs) Everything that's happening now makes absolute absolute sense. What they say, where your attention goes, Mm. energy flows, and you are a testament to that. Mm. So we thank you for the gems that you've blessed us with for a third time. We're so excited. We hope all your questions got answered to those of you listening that sent in. And also thank you to everyone that wrote in. And if everyone is done with their questions, we will just thank you, Tiffany, for episode three with the Budgetista. Thank you so much, much, Tiffany. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And congratulations once again on your New York Times. New York Times bestseller, baby. Two times, two times, two times over. Get good yes, with Tiffany. money. Ten simple steps to becoming financially whole by Tiffany Aliche, also known as the Budgetista. GetGoodWithMoney.com, yes. <laughs> and that's it for us. As Thank always, you. we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>